Really? It's always weird for me. No singing. I'm always so <laughs> yeah. used to oh, yeah. singing. Well, you can sing. Go ahead. I've done my share of singing. I, <laughs> I bastardized a, a really good song on the 500 show. I did the Proclaimers, 500 miles. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't do a good job of it. But I'm not a singer. <laughs> I'm a contractor and a podcast host. That's what I am. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's always nice to have a full house here because it's a full house of knowledge. Exactly. <laughs> it is. You guys know a lot of stuff that's going on here, right? So I just want to introduce everybody. We'll go around the table. So Scott Avery, yep. uh, your official title. Sorry, Safety Insight Super. Yep. And then Travis, what's your last name? Moore. Moore. Oh, Moore. Okay. And then your operations. Yep. And then... I'll leave you to last. Yep. <laughs> I got another Scott here. So I got Scott Hamilton. Yeah. And then your uh, sales, project management. The project. And then we got uh, the owner himself, Dan. Thank you. Dan St. Ange. Yes, that's right. What's the background? Uh, French Canadian. Okay. I mean, you guys, what are you guys? Uh, Newfoundland. Canadian. Canadian? Canadian. No Europeans here? They're laying bricks. No. Yeah. <laughs> Far enough finishing concrete. Irish and Scottish. No, they're pouring the concrete. Yeah, yeah. And then you guys come in and cut the concrete. That's right. At yeah. that point. Yeah. So we've got high-tech concrete cutting here. Triple uh, W hightechcutting.ca. And then it's info at hightechcutting.ca. And the phone number to reach them is 905-838-2020. And then find them on Instagram at high-tech concrete cutting. Sorry. Is that right? High-tech concrete cutting. That's correct, yes. Uh, and not too long ago, we had Josh in here. You did, yeah. Yeah, shared a nice little, a bunch of stories, actually. Yeah. His little path and then getting back into the business and educating me and the listeners a lot about concrete cutting that we're not aware of. I don't think there's a city that has, uh, that doesn't have cutting going on. No, absolutely not. You know, if there's Pretty concrete at some point, anyway, something has to be cut. And Toronto's probably one big city with a lot of cutting going on. Absolutely, yeah. Concrete. A lot yeah. of concrete. More than out west? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, only because there's more population, right? Yeah. You know, so more buildings mean more concrete cutting opportunities, really, right? And, and the needs, more turnover. You know, more the buildings changes. Yeah. yeah. As tenants leave spaces, right, there's always modifications that get done. We don't do a lot of uh, new construction per se. We're more on the retrofit side of things, right? Changes, whether, like I say, a new tenant going in and they need uh, holes core drilled for new power, water supply, trenches, Wall removal, slab removal, those kind updated of updated technology yeah, kind of absolutely. thing, right? Go in and fix a slab after a tenant leaves with you know, put in new equipment for whether it be foundations or pits or you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So I'd, I'd like to start the whole show with a little bit of history of high tech and how you got involved and okay. how you built it because I'm very impressed that the last five years it's been dramatically changed, it has, right? Absolutely, yeah. You guys have grown dramatically, which is really good to see that. Yep, grown from nothing, yeah. Well, it's, well, you had a background. Yeah, background, background. But, I mean, now you guys are, l like, leading the industry now. Uh, I wouldn't say leading. Um, you know, I hope to one day be leading the industry in our city, but there's still some good companies out there that, you know, that are, we're nipping on their heels, but there's still a lot of good leaders out there. Good. Absolutely. We need more and more people. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. We all, all need more people. But you guys are doing interesting <coughs> things to the point where you're attracting more people coming into the industry. Like, this is an option for a trade. Absolutely. So we, we basically... You know, we have a standing ad on Indeed all the time. Really? Um, yeah. And how many are you guys getting, like, on a weekly basis? Are you getting a lot of people? How many applicants? Yeah, just inquiring about it, see what the options are. Yeah, probably in, you know, an average, I'd say maybe a dozen a day. Wow, yeah. a lot, eh? Unfortunately, you know, we, we look for people with um, construction experience to some degree, you know, to start, say, on a junior level. Um, we're always looking for experienced people, which is hard to find, as, as all trades, you know, could attest to. Um, but there's unfortunately a lot of people that apply that have zero construction experience. 
Which is fine. Is it a good or bad thing? Because I always say that like, it's kind of nice to have a... Well, it's um, good in the sense that... And sorry to interrupt you, but it's yeah. good in the sense to have new people coming in the industry. In that sense, it's good. It's the sponge thing that you want. 100%. You want to see that they're right. a sponge. Yeah. It's, it's harder with the younger guys being with no knowledge, safety-wise and stuff yeah. as well, right? It's, yeah, it's nice to have experienced guys, but the newer guys, it's easier to teach them what the way you want them to be right. and do what you want them to do in safety-wise and all that stuff. I and can only imagine that your segment of the industry is not all that well informed that the industry doesn't really see this as an option is that a true um, statement I, i'd say there's some truth to that i mean the downfall of our trade is it's not a recognized trade by the entire government as of yet they're still working on that and, and you know and i've been in this trade over 40 years and i'm going to say for the last 30 of that that's been a discussion you know between our local union and the Ontario government so they're, they're always working on it <clears throat> someday i hope it is a recognized trade because it, it is a good trade i would never tell anybody that's a perfect trade i would never say that well, i don't, I don't think there's a i don't think there's a perfect there is trade, no perfect trade right, right? but exactly i tell people it. it's it's been good to me you know it's you know afforded me a, a fairly good life for me and my family and my father before me as we talked about yeah uh, you know, if, if people want to work hard and make a good living financially, they can do so with our trade. What's the actual process of making an official trade? Or do we really, I guess, on the government side, just because we want to grow our yeah, it's just industry? it's just getting it recognized. You know, it has to, it needs a certain amount of hours, man hours per year, and all this kind of stuff to be actually recognized. And from what I'm understanding, and and we ha do have an association that they're they're currently working on it. Um, I know there was some uh, paperwork that I filled out, I'm going to say, just before Christmas of last year that it's going to help with that. So that the process is, is always in motion, I believe, but it's just making it happen. The thing is, too, like to get us recognized is we're taking work from the plumbers and electricians that do their own core drilling and stuff yeah. as well, right? Yeah, so they're kind of, kind of fighting uh, us a little bit. I would say that the plumbers should stick to doing what they're doing and you guys should stick to doing what you guys are doing. I don't think there should be Agreed. crossover on this point, right? Yeah, you would get no argument from me on that. No. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think we're stepping on yeah. toes here. Like, Well, I, there is some locals um, on the plumbing side that do claim uh, core drilling for their own needs up to a certain size. And so for us, it means um, being double, some of our employees being double carded in different locals to be able to do some of that work. Okay. So, so we do run across, I don't, Occasionally, it's not an everyday yeah. occurrence, but, but that's a union, non-union kind of thing. Or yeah, yeah, that's where it is. But that happens every trade, right? When it uh, gets hundred percent, yeah. It, there's like, blurred yeah. lines for there, with right? the plumbers, the except yeah. you're not having yeah. electricians claiming the drywall work. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? And <laughs> whenever true. we work with the plumbers, and it's that situation, they usually have an, an actual licensed plumber with us. Yeah, they'll have a spotter. Yeah. Keep yeah. Them with us. Mechanical as well, too, or no? Not really. No, just on the plumbing side. Just on the plumbing side, right? I'm mostly on, I guess, commercial or high-rise plumbers, right? 100%. Because then you, they're, they're going to have situations where I guess they would have some tools in their wheelhouse oh, that yeah. can make it yeah. happen. But do. for the most yeah. part, they won't really. What I found is, uh, you, you know, you'll come across, uh, whether it be an electrical or a plumbing company, will buy a core drill and think that they can core drill their own holes. And Isn't that the pure definition it? of a tradesperson? 100%. <laughs> they try it and see that it doesn't work because cost is cost, whether they're paying their employee to do it or paying a subcontractor to do it. And a year, two, three years down the road, whatever it might be, they realize it doesn't work and they shelve their equipment and it sits there and they go back to iron They also aren't as efficient yeah. at it that way. They're not doing yeah. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're doing it every day. Oh, they're drilling Monday, then they're not drilling till 
two weeks from Monday. It'd be like one of our employees trying to solder pipe. Every day. That's what I mean. It's the same. They usually have their apprentice doing it. But I'm almost of the mind where it's like, it's not a matter of drilling the hole. It's knowing exactly where to drill the hole and why you're drilling that hole. Yeah. Like drilling the hole is one facet of it, but you have to have the experience of the structure and what's going on and what's inside that wall and what to prepare for. Like there's a bunch of factors that plumbers don't necessarily think about. Sure. You're right. absolutely right. Yeah. So that's where you guys come in. That's what I'm trying to get at with that point, yeah. right? Where I think it's, it's, it's like watching a drywall guy mud a wall. And you're like, man, you know, that looks easy. Yeah. It looks easy yeah. because the guy that's doing it knows well, what Well, the doing. experienced person, it's, it's just artistry at that point. You watch them in any trade. You know, you're yeah. like, whoa, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So why so not just get, let them uh, to do it? You no. try it yourself. And you're like, it takes you 10 times as long. Go home and drywall your basement saying, I'm just going to do this myself. Give me the sand. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do that right now. Everything you put on the wall. I'm doing that right now. Give me 60 grid. I'll take care of this. No problem. Yeah. Same thing, right? Every every trade has its nicks and tricks that trades people learn and they make it look easy. And then I'm I just trying to get engaged from the Scots yeah. and then from Travis. How long you guys been working at High Tech now? I've been with High Tech since the beginning. Oh, since the beginning? Years, yeah. Okay. Yeah, same here. Five oh, years. everybody? Three years now. Wow. How did you guys hear about them? Uh, I've worked with Dan, Dan for, for a long time. Oh, way back. Okay. 28 years yeah. that I've been in the industry. Yeah. Where did you start? A couple of the other bigger companies. Cutting? or yeah. Okay. Uh, I started actually in the office, in dispatch. And then worked in the field and moved my... I've done every job there is in the industry that way. And then Travis and... I've really stayed on the operational side of things with dispatch and managing the employees side of things, yeah. I started out as a helper in the field right from the bottom, worked my way all the way up for 21 years now. And then your dad taught you? Yeah, so my dad started this industry in 1959 in, in Montreal, actually, like I said. I started in this industry as a student, you know, summer job. Um, first summer I worked, I was 13, believe it or not. And uh, There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know, and uh, right out of high school, started full-time with the same company my father worked for. And then uh, I left there, I went to another company. I, I worked for two companies in this industry in the city here. And I went back and forth between those two companies twice, um, always to try and progress, you know, my career. And I spent over 20 years in the field and then moved into sales and did sales and two different companies and then eventually left and started my own business and here we are that was five years ago that was five years ago yeah and so what was the idea the origin that you had five years ago thinking that it's time to start my own well thing? previous to that um i had left a company and went back to the original company i worked for to to help them i guess for lack of a better term re, you know rebuild their second generation business and we all know what happens with second generation businesses. I'm not going to get into stereotypes. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Right, but you know, it's 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 a known fact, and so I helped them rebuild, and it and it was a good move for them, and it was a good move for me too. It, it taught me a lot more to know about this business. You know, I always had the, the desire to have my own business, so went there, and again, no regrets of going there. It was a great place to work, and but it just came to a point where. Personally, I, I wasn't getting what I, I wanted out of the job I had there. I just always had the desire to have my own company. And my wife and I had more than one discussion about it. And I turned 50. Was it risky taking that move? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you had stability? I did. And you're you know, like, as mm. we get older in life, we have a lot more to lose, right? Yeah. And so I turned 50 that year in September. And before I turned 50, you know, her, her and I was always talking. And, and she said, you know... At this point, she said, you either got to do this or don't. You're going to turn 50. If you wait another five years, it probably will be too late in life. 
And so we decided we're going to do it. And, and truth be told, we basically risked our whole life, if I'm being honest. Um, it was a huge gamble, eh? Sure. Yeah, it was a big investment because uh, I knew what I wanted. Like, I knew I didn't want to touch the tools. So I knew I needed someone in the office to help us with operations, hence Travis. I knew I needed someone in the office to help with our payroll and invoicing and all that stuff, which is our controller, which is, by the way, my daughter, Kendra. Okay. And so to do all that, I knew I needed to produce a certain amount of revenue. And so knowing what every truck can produce as far as revenue, I sort of do the math backwards and knew that when I started day one, I needed five trucks. That was my, I knew that because I, again, just doing the math backwards, I knew I needed to produce a certain amount of revenue to support what I wanted to do. And so that's what we did. I started planning and we started day one basically with five trucks. Did you hit the mark once we you did. started rolling out? hundred percent. So the yeah, planning we, and the experience that you had yeah. rolling out was working. It was. Yeah. We, we basically had work day one, you know? Um, in fact, for the first two months, I didn't even have a truck, a truck and, and we sub work to people I know in the industry to help us, you know, to get started because you know, we're a service based business. Yeah. And, as much as clients may want to deal with me or like dealing with me, they're not going to sacrifice their project for, for me, for Dan or for high tech or for yeah, anybody. They have deadlines to meet and, and jobs to finish. So I don't like saying no to anybody as far as customers. So in order to do that, I, I leaned on people I know in the industry to help me for the first couple of months. And, and they did. And it was great. Just get our trucks up and running and all that. So again, basically within six months, we had our five trucks up and running. Right. And we had work day one, like I said. It's ambitious. Right? Yeah, so it was yeah. good. So, you know, dealing with the banks, we you know, you have to do financial projections and all that. And, and to date, you know, knock on wood, we've been able to far exceed every projection we've ever made. Do you ever want to walk into the bank just with a crystal ball and just go, yeah, this is what I wish I could. I mean, this is what's working. But, you know, I will say that, yeah, you know, it, we've been very fortunate. You know, we have a really good client base. Um, but, you know, I, I could never do what we're doing without people like these three gentlemen here. I right? was just going to say, you know, and even never. Josh shared that too. It was, it was, yeah, and it Josh. Was, you know, it was basically the team. 100%. It was the team that you put together that probably gave you the confidence uh -huh. to move yeah. forward. Otherwise, it would have been a lot more challenging if you didn't put the right team together, right? Yeah, I think everybody's willing to step in and do a little yeah. bit of everything to get things going and stuff. Like, yeah, we, we're all motivated right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I started, yeah. I guess, like we said on the way here, it was five years ago yesterday, and I was building shelves in the shop to put storage stuff on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for the first month, I had Scott doing, you know, yeah, building helping trucks. build trucks and just whatever. Do whatever. Then then preparing for the store. Yeah. What are yeah. we going to need? Yeah. So do you guys still, I know that you guys are getting on to the point of being a leader in the actual industry mm -hmm. here in Toronto based, right? But do you guys still feel like a small fish? Uh, I don't anymore. No. It's probably been a couple of years since I've felt that. Um, again, right now we're, we're plus or minus 40 employees overall. Um, we've company. got uh, 15 trucks on the road right now, if I'm correct. 16. 15, 16, one, one new one in the shop right now getting built. That's, How many that's crews? So you, as many crews then? Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. We have basically truck. minimum, usually two, two people per truck, right? Sometimes more per job, depending. That's but something that we kind yeah. of do on our own as well. That's something we change in the industry. Yeah. yeah. So our industry has always been known where guys will work alone. You, you got to be sort of self-motivated or, or guys, you know, they go out in the morning and, they do a lot of, they wear a lot of hats. So a guy goes out in the morning, he organizes his own truck. He meets with the customer, so he's doing relations that way. You know, he finishes a job, he cleans up the job, gets his paperwork signed. So they do a lot of, yeah. you know, they sort of have to be a well-rounded individual, you know, because they deal with a lot, right? 
Um, so yeah, so they they it, it's really about having the right people, you know, in our trucks and managing our so trucks. We've, every truck goes in with two guys. Yeah, that's what we're getting at there. There's basically yeah. a leader and a, you know and a helper, for lack of a better term, Instead we call them, right? One guy on the truck and the helper. But it's a or, team within a team, yeah, right? And so then everyone that way that goes. guy can or girl whoever can actually learn all the time, right? Instead of going, okay, you're going to yeah, learn this to that. On right? the job on, it's constantly being trained. Yeah. Right? So we changed that where, like I was saying, most of our industry for years, one guy would go out on his own and do everything. Well, I changed that and said, we're not doing that anymore. We're running. Minimum. That's how you did it. That's yeah. how I did. It. That was something that I did was every, every truck goes out here, two people in every truck minimum. And, and there was a few reasons for that. Number one was, I believe it's a safer way to work. Mm -hmm. You're never working alone. Number two, it makes you more efficient. Mm -hmm. And number three, there's always someone being trained, right? Which is a good thing for us. It's a good thing for them, but it's also a good thing for high tech, right? Because, you know, we hire young people, as we talked about a few minutes ago, with zero experience. And Travis and I usually sit down and talk with new applicants, and we tell them, we don't want to hire any lifetime helpers here. We want everybody to progress. To grow. Right? Yeah. The idea is to always move into your own truck eventually. Right? With the on-the-job training. Because you guys don't want to see the turnover. I mean, we're all aware of the stereotypes attached to tradespeople coming yeah. into the industry, and they probably are not happy there, and they'll leave for a dollar a year. But yeah. I guess the smarter trades are understanding the value of building networks and building relationships and understanding finding a good company, good company yeah. policy, uh, culture. And then they're like, you know what? I might stick around here for a while. And then you actually stick around here for a long, long yeah, time. You find good guys. You want to keep them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, right? you know, I, I firmly believe that human nature... We all want to do better. Yeah. I firmly believe that. And so if you hire a, a young person, and I say person because I don't want to say a young guy because we're beyond that. It's right? tradespeople. It's always, yeah. yeah absolutely. So we person, hire a yeah. young person and we, we tell them, we want you to progress. It's better for you. It's better for us as a company. And if if they know that they're at a place where they can progress, I believe they'll, they'll be much happier. They'll contribute. That, right? yeah. Because they'll be people, motivated to contribute, yes. right? people yeah. naturally want to do better, you know? And they want to make more money, and, and a way to do that is to progress in your trade, in your in your you know your work, right, in your craft. How do you guys describe high tech cutting? Like when you I, blank slate met somebody, I'm one of those annoying people walking around the job site that doesn't isn't in construction, and I'm seeing you do what you guys are doing. How do you guys describe yourselves? Uh, I guess as we're a growing company, and it's there's a lot of room for improvement for everybody. It's it's easy going bunch of guys and girls actually. And yeah. we're growing, so there's room for everybody to grow. And, you know, I, like I said, I started at the bottom, came here, worked there for two and a half years in the field on a truck, and I've been in the office for two and a half years. What were you doing before, Scott? Uh, before I started came, with these guys, yeah. Uh, cutting concrete, I've kind of followed. I know other the, companies, right? Yeah. yeah, a couple other companies in the city. I've followed Dan around mostly yeah, all these years. So. And before that, you did cell towers. Yeah, I used to climb cell phone towers. Yeah. Oh, hi. I've uh, been up 45 floors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, for not scared not for of heights. I don't like going in holes. But no, I'm not scared of heights. I'll, I'll jump on top of the glass at CN Tower. I have no yeah, problem yeah, with that, it's right? Like, it's not going to go through. It's as long as, uh, honestly, it's like like it, it's like this trade. It's the same thing. If you wear your proper PPE yeah. and do the job properly, it, it should end. There's a certain percentage of horsing around safe. that's within, you know, well yeah. within safety guidance, yeah. right? So, yeah. It's, but it's about having fun, right? And just enjoying what you enjoy doing. Yeah. It's, I love it's, seeing tradespeople enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. And if you get a bunch of guys together that work really well together and enjoy and joke around with each other, I find that they get way more work productively right done and the environment's more, it's way better. 
Yeah, you guys show up on a job site and it's solid concrete. <laughs> you guys leave the yeah. job site and there's a hole there. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's absolutely. it's a much needed hole, right? It's pretty gratifying sometimes when you do It's got to be something more, like yeah. very gratifying. Especially when you go there and someone goes, "I have no idea what we're going to do." And we go in there and we take a dish and you solve a chunk of concrete or solve their problem and yeah. you know, it's when you leave it's, you know, you're always driving by that building going, "I did that there, I did that there." Right? The wife doesn't like it, but <laughs> yeah, we work, we work everywhere. Like yeah. uh, there's not a building in the, tr in the city that there's not concrete being cut at some point or other throughout the and years. And it's, and, and it's not even just the buildings. It's like, you know, we've been, well, the bridges and yeah. other kinds of structures we did as well. One, Wherever there's maybe concrete. 10 yeah. years ago, we snowmobiled out to an Island in Georgian Bay to do drill uh, some reinforcing olds in the rock for a cell phone tower base that was out there. Yeah. So, so you were core drilling the rock the and rock, then epoxying yeah. the epoxy uh, day. We came behind him, epoxied anchors down twelve feet deep, solid rock. And you brought everything in through snow snowmobiles and a trailer, survival suits on and yeah. sleighs. That must have been kind of cool. Yeah. I wasn't on the job; it was my job. But yeah. Scott was actually okay. on the job, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we we do a lot of different things. Yeah. We did another one up Georgia Bay again, where we cut off the granite rock to make a patio, yeah. with wire saw. Yeah, I know you guys gave me a sample of the, yeah. of the wire, and I'm really impressed by that. And uh, I'll see if I can make a ring out of this, but because uh, we'll <laughs> <laughs> I see I see the diamonds glittering, yeah. right? But uh, like, it's a slow process, isn't it? Like, it moves slowly. Uh, it can, or no? The, the, the slower it process is the setup. Yeah. Oh, the slower. Yeah, it takes a long time to set up because you're setting up pulleys and. And you can manipulate the wire to do different things, but you manipulate it with pulleys. Set up different pulleys and make it do different, different things. But the cutting process, depending on what you're cutting, is actually pretty fast. Right? And then once you guys set it up, it just does its work, and you're just you're yeah. monitoring it. That's, That's it. it. Yeah, you're monitoring it. And then at some point, your saw is going to hit a limit where you've absorbed all the wire you can. Right? Because as you're pulling the wire through a structure or wall or whatever it might be, you have to take that. That wire's got to go somewhere. Mm. so you'd stop everything and you, and you wrap around pulleys and every time you wrap around pulleys you're absorbing wire start right? over years ago they would just cut the wire and, and yeah. rejoin it to soften rejoin it, it to shorten it but it's you, waste. you run into pro well it's not necessarily a waste because you can reuse it but you run into problems wherever there's a coupler wherever the joints are it could break as you see that joint yeah. there is flexible or yeah. years ago the joints were solid they yeah. weren't flexible that's crimped on yeah, yeah. On site. So it would cause problems but yeah you guys ever get a phone call it's like I got something to ask you guys. See if you can cut this. I, I'm assuming you guys get something. Oh yeah. yeah. Like what, what are some of the interesting <laughs> things recently that have come up that oh, builders boy. or I guess architects or somebody made a faux pas and they needed something solved. Faux pas happen all the time for, for us. Like not for us, but and we help with them all the time. We just finished a job where they poured a brand new floor on a fourth story of a building, I believe it was, and uh, the concrete failed, and we had to go in and rip out portions. All of, of it. A portion of the floor, yeah. It happens, unfortunately, <laughs> and we've done many of those over the years. What's the failure? It wasn't just a right Just didn't reach strength? the MPA. Oh, okay, yeah. really, yeah? Yeah. For whatever reason. Could could weather, been, you know. Weather, site conditions bad or something. batch, you okay, know, yeah. else, right? Yeah. It happens, unfortunately, and, you know, fortunately for us, it's it's one of those things we do, and, you know, it's... We're problem uh, solvers. Problem solvers, right? That's it. <laughs> but I can um, imagine you guys are getting phone calls like that, that rock being cut. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to build something here, and I need to cut the rock. Those holes in Georgia Bay were probably some of the hardest ones I've ever How drilled. far down did you have to drill? Uh, 12 feet. 12 feet? Two and a half inch, 12 feet deep, yeah. 
and it I'm a was, tall guy. I know it, like cores. Like, every type you know. of rock came up, every color. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty neat. You guys keep the core samples? Sometimes yeah. odd ones here and there. Depends on how colorful or something. Yeah, I've got a nice big eight inch one that came out of a piece of granite. It's in my, it's in my garden. Trophy? Yeah, like a trophy. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of uh, uh, lightning protection holes, you know, in the city. So whenever they build a new structure at, at Grant, you know, at, at in the bedrock, they need to put ground rocks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we just do those often, and they're ten feet deep. Yeah. Oh, you guys make it sound like it's nothing. <laughs> well, it's not nothing. <laughs> you do it, we do it, we you do it most often, of your life. So, yeah, yeah, but you got to do like, those often. You got the right feet, tools and right tools. yeah. You need the right equipment, obviously. The right, right guy will go in, and usually they're four, so they're put in a square grid. I think they be like they got to be ten feet apart. I believe it is. Yeah, ten down, ten apart. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know a good guy will go in and do four of those in a day. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah, it can be, hundred percent. Yeah, like I've done a uh, eight inch hole through a, a hydro dam up north, a hundred feet deep, horizontal. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're just adding extensions to it? Yeah, exactly. Point? So you've got the main we, core. And we can drill any depth, right? Because you just remove the core and just keep adding extensions and just keep going. It's right? almost like that glass right there. It's, you know, it's just the know. core bit, right? And then there is a, what's called continental, continental tube where you just keep adding tube. Where you, okay. don't have to, you don't have to retrieve the core. Yeah. Right. But that, I mean, I guess it, there's a whole other side of the business where it's about maintaining all these tools. Yeah, 100%. Because, have, I mean, this a, is like you guys are using the hardest materials to cut the hardest yeah, materials. It's yeah. very hard on our equipment. Yeah. No, no question. Extremely hard. And we have a full-time uh, staff in our shop uh, run by Steve Rennie. He's our equipment manager, and, and they're always working on something. They're always busy. Yeah, they're always busy. Because, again, what we do is it's hard on equipment. No, no question. Right? How is the technology on the equipment? I mean, I know you mentioned that back in the, your 50s of dad. But I mean, leaps and bounds. Like things are, and it's great that the concrete show is coming yep. up, and we're we're all going to be there and checking it out. It's 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 great to see the new advancements, man. It is absolutely, you know, and I think the advancements go a long way with the younger generation of people that we have coming in, where they're, how would I say this? They're not quite as kids. Young people are not as hands on as maybe they once were, right? Um, Unless so it's a touchscreen. Yeah. yeah, and the equipment's so coming now. A lot of the equipment is all run with remotes now. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot easier on the people. So we have remotes around their waist to run a lot of equipment now, right? Where one time, like a wall saw, whereas a track gets mounted on a wall and a carriage goes on that track and a blade, and it was all run manually yeah. and it had cranks, and you crank. cranked it by hand. Speed crank right beside the saw, and now yeah. they can stand on the other side of the room. Talk about car. It's much safer tunnel, as well. Eh? Like, yeah, yeah. both yeah, my shoulders wore right out from yeah. it. <laughs> what rotary cuff? I don't know. Yeah, I've had one rebuilt, but yeah, and that's what it's from. Yeah. But then now you yeah. got to, I guess you got to think other countries, Europe or other places that do a lot of concrete are probably coming up with toys yeah. that are going to Most of our equipment is actually based out of Europe. A lot That's of what it. I yeah. figured, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, Europe's yeah. mostly, well, even before concrete, they were all hard stone. Stone and right. structures were built yeah. with hard stone, right? Yeah. Concrete cutting is much more advanced in Europe than here. But it's nice to get the technology from there and get it here. Yeah, right? yeah. One of our bigger suppliers uh, equipment wise is out of Europe, out of Sweden, actually. You want to mention their name? Yeah, Hydrostress. Hydrostress. Yeah. Eh? Hydrostress, yeah. We have a lot of Hydrostress. So you guys have a lot of their toys, huh? We do, yeah. yeah. And and that's all based out of Sweden. Sometimes those guys get upset when I call them toys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're still kids at heart. Like, we're still Lego builders. Like, we're still kids. So I call them all yeah. toys, right? We have we have a lot of, because uh, we do a lot of excavation. So every excavator we have has a box that has a hammer and different size buckets. And we actually box. call it a toy See? box. Yeah. So. Yeah. See? I'm not wrong, right? <laughs> no, you're not. All of our excavators are electric as well. 
Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, when well, because where you guys got to park them, and sometimes where you guys got to go, you can't be using any propane or gas, right? right? <laughs> yeah. So part of what we promote is that we can do 100% of our work uh, emissions free. That's you know that's kind of the emissions free within a facility. So we have diesel generators mounted in our trucks to run all our equipment. So we have electric saws, we have electric excavators, we have electric buggies. You have electric saws that are pulled like like as far as 36 inch or no as 70. Mm-hmm. 70, what, 74? So we have an electric floor saw that'll take a 56-inch blade, yeah. right? Our wall saw will take How an 84. It's not a battery. It runs, <laughs> it runs on a cord. Yeah. It's cord. It's on a cord. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're, they're 600 volt, right? They run off our genera- diesel generators in our trucks. Wow. You know, a 50 horsepower motor on our large wow. one. Our regular saw has a 40 horsepower, 600 volt motor. Right. So that's, that's the market that we really go after is that we provide you know, electric equipment for 100% of what we do. But you saw the industry heading that way. Yeah, Because I can only assume back yeah, then it was all about fumes and yeah, oh yeah. fuel. Yeah. Fumes That's all those options. Uh, grunt right? work. Yeah. A lot of grunt work back then. Yeah. Now with the electric stuff, we have that small one-ton excavator there. We can come through a regular-sized door. We don't have to do all the work by hand anymore. So less cutting because we can make concrete pieces bigger and less strain on your body, right? So... But you're still also, I mean, you guys also must be looking at the whole, that job went well, it could have went a little bit better, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, there's always that, right? Um, I try not to look at that too often because I always try to find the the positives in our day, right? Um, But there's always room for improvement, 100%. And as Scott said, we have these little, small little mini X that'll go through a Mandor where there was a time we'd go into a building and cut a trench. It was all removed by hand. We'd cut it in the blocks, flip it out by hand, put it on a dolly, you know. Using a pick and... It yeah. was more like the Stone Age. Yeah, <laughs> where now we have a little now mini X that's electric, and we, and we promote the guys to use that every yeah. chance they get, right? Say so lifting that piece. We don't, we don't want them lifting big yeah. chunks of concrete by no, hand. No, we don't want that You don't need yeah. to. Also, it's just, it's handling just is awkward, too, just because of the way yeah. it's, it's not, it breaks or how it is cut it's or whatever. It's nice to work hard, but it's nice to work smart as well, right? Smart, yeah. yeah. There's always an easier way to do things, you know, I believe, and... The last thing we want to see is anybody get hurt or injured. Of course. They're dealing with concrete blocks. There's always a chance of, you know, fingers getting pinched and squished and all that kind of stuff. And back injuries and, you know, muscle strains. And But that's where you guys come in. You guys, you, you've been through all those. That's the compliment that I've gotten with this show is, like, people understand that I've been through, not what you guys have gone through, yeah. but I could relate it to other things that I've done that are very similar. So once a tradesperson has gone through something, we kind of understand what the next tradesperson has come Absolutely. into it yeah. and how yeah. we should educate them, how we should share. Think about this. Like, we're always two steps ahead. Just be aware of this. Just watch this. You don't have to be a go-getter and carry everything all at once. Just plan it all out, right? And you get that with experience, right? Yeah. yeah. That's and experience isn't something that people just get. They, they need to do it to get that experience. And with having some experienced people in our in our staff, it helps our junior guys get through that. And we have Scott that a lot of guys lean on. Yeah. Um, you know, they call me occasionally. They call oh, Scott, you know, Travis, whoever. Like, you know, we tell our young guys, don't be afraid to pick up the yeah, phone. Make the if call. you have a question, pick up the phone, call us with any questions you got. You know, it, it's, it, it's okay to, I don't want to say fail, but it's okay to not be sure. Well, it's know? okay to understand that you don't have all the information. That's it. You will, not even your last day, you still will not have all no, the information. If there's ever a doubt. Every day. If there's yeah. ever a doubt, ask questions. Yeah. Right? So we promote that. We, we have an open door policy, and we want guys to be able to not be afraid to speak to us and ask questions, and, you know, and that's how they learn. Did you guys all think when it started five years later, this is where it would be, or are you guys ahead of the target right now? Uh, I think we're ahead of the target. 
we're ahead of the target in the sense that um, as far as volume we're doing per year, um, truth be told, these guys wouldn't necessarily know all that stuff, you know, like I do. But I, I'm here to say we are ahead of it, you know, which is great. You know, and again, I, I, I could not do it alone. It's absolutely impossible. Um, but we've had a lot of good people to lean on as far as clients and suppliers and even my bank's been really good, you know, from day one. They've been great to deal with, you know, and so I got no complaints. <laughs> it takes everybody. Either, you, know? <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, it takes everybody, like Scott just said, you know, and uh, like I said, I have my daughter, Kendra, who's in there. She's our controller, and I lean on her a lot, and I lean on Travis a lot, um, and I lean on everybody, but Travis and Kendra are my first, you know, go-to, right? Travis in charge of operations, and Kendra's our controller, so those are the two that I go to first for a lot. Do you guys have any, I mean, every construction company, big or small, they always have worries about the business part, not necessarily so much about the the trade part. Do you guys still have those worries or you guys are, how do I say this? You guys are um, working those worries. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. I think like things come up, them. things come up you and you problem solve. That's the beauty of construction. Every day. But I mean, I guess there's different degrees of worries that different businesses will come yeah. across and they'll be like, how do I handle this? I have no idea. And just like how you said just recently right now, where you're just like, there's always a phone. This is what I love about the show and I love about construction in general is like people are not afraid these days, I don't find, to reach out and ask, which I, I encourage more you of that. Right? Yeah, for sure. You got to let people know that they can be comfortable enough to reach out. And yeah. You get more questions and you see guys move ahead a lot quicker when they're asking those questions. So, um, like Dan said, the open door policy really helps develop uh, new guys into learning this trade and becoming good at it. They really lean on Scott. Scott really, he's done it all, right? So, he's really helped guys come up. Do you guys still see the blue collar stigma? Mm. A little bit, every yeah. once in a while. It'll it's hard for us to see head. it, right? Because we got to kind of yeah. be at the fly on the wall and kind of step yeah. out of it. Because I never see it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you walk in, work pants, and it's dirty, whatever. Your hands are dirty. And we've all had our lunches where the fingertips are clean at the end of lunch. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that went. It wasn't wiped on my clothes. Um, it's good nutrients yeah, there. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, we still have the blue-collar stigma, right? That's the thing about it. A little it. bit, yeah. I've, I've learned, uh, the one thing I've, I've learned, and, and probably more so in the last five years, is I, I don't, I don't judge anybody anymore. Not that I ever did a lot, but, you know, there was, we talked about interviewing people and stuff, and I used to be able to think one time that I could sort of judge a, a person coming in for an interview and, and sort of grasp a, that's I've given up on that. That's instinctive yeah. to do yeah. it as a human nature, right? No, I, I've given up on it totally. Because you're surprised by certain people yeah. that you can't. And, 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 oh, really? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. It's, and disappointed by a lot of people too. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, the guys, or I, I said I use guys, but the, the person coming in you think's going to shine, fails, and the ones that you're like, eh, I don't know, they, they take off. And so, yeah. so That's I a good point. It's totally thing. true. You yeah. see, you're always pleasantly surprised by certain individuals, and you're disappointed by other individuals. So I, I sort of... Anybody that's willing to come in for an interview, if they can stand up straight and have a heartbeat and have a decent conversation, we'll hire them. We'll give them a try. Yeah. Period. There's been people that come in that, you know, they won't look you in the eye and the conversation, you know, those, those people I, you know, haven't hired. But, you know, or a guy... Are they intimidated to, that their resume has been padded? And maybe, you know. Sometimes the interviewing process to some guys is a little nerve-wracking. Yeah. And you can tell that they yeah. might be nervous, but they just need that opportunity to get out there, get out there and work. Right? You think that the interview would be better if it was on site or worse? Sometimes. 
Yeah, you know what? Maybe I, all, actually, I don't know. I've never, I've never, I've never thought about, of that. I just you know thinking about it. Like, meet me at this job site here. So let them figure out where they're going to park. Let them find your job site. Yeah. Let them get on there. So first of all, they should be rolling in PPE, mm-hmm. right? And then get them in the environment. And then I think that the flags would just be there if they're not, right? It's just like yeah, that's, people that's will the, be able to know how to speak. People will be yeah. aware of their surroundings. But I don't know. It's something to consider. It's food for thought, actually. I don't know. Yeah. One thing we do, though, is um, when we do hire somebody, we put them through an orientation. So they're watching videos as to what we do, what to expect on site. Scott sort of goes into the PPE with them. Uh, we do try to bring them out to sites before they actually start working. Um, so that helps get their feet wet a little bit. Yeah, we run them through like a full day of all their training. We have videos of concrete cutting to get them an idea of what's going on. We get them out in the field for three months. We bring them back and do it again. That they way, also get a full PPE. Yeah, they get a full bag. Full I get bag of everything. New yeah. videos or the same videos? No, new uh, videos. We, <laughs> some of the older ones, we watch some of them again, oh, and then we give them a whole new set of videos to watch as well. And they leave the shop with a full hockey bag full of PPE in the first day. So it's like kind of like season one, season two of high tech kind of. Yeah. Thing, so through of, the uh, <laughs> CSDA, which is the Concrete Song and Drilling Association. Okay. Um, they offer a lot of training and they offer online training. And so as Scott said, we, we give them orientation video day one. After they've been doing it, give or take three months, we bring them back in and make them do this online training. I find guys I like that when yeah. guys are nervous on their first day a little bit and they're not taking all what you're telling them in. And it's a lot of information to take, right? So let them get on a job site with some experienced guys, see what I was talking about, bring them back in. They watch videos again and extra videos, do extra training. And then they go, actually... This is what I know why we do this, this, and this now because it's there's reasons, right? Yeah. And so now I see it in the video. I don't remember seeing that the first time. It's, you know, you can't take everything in one day, right? It's a, it's it's a, a learning lot, process. It's a lot Plus, they're in. watching videos of something they potentially have never, never seen, seen, seen done before. in their life. Yeah, it's true. The feedback so, to get the refresher, they appreciate that. Yeah. That you're paying right? attention, noticing that. Yeah. Okay, they might not know everything just because they've been working for three months. Yeah. Right? So. yeah. Plus, the the younger generation of people now they want to learn, and they want to. I believe they want to work somewhere where people are going to teach them. And just by us allowing them, we're not allowing them, but having them come back in and rewatch these videos and do a different online training, it's it's them, it's us wanting to teach them. And if you want to teach them, they're going to learn more than you know, just forcing them to learn. I something. agree. I mean, for all the blue collar stigma attached to this industry, I think that the one one of the many things that construction does really well is that if you find the right team, they don't judge you. No, they won't judge you because we've all been there. So there's no reason for us to judge. That's what's nice about us having like the experience we have in, in management and stuff as well. It it gives them someone to ask questions, look up to. These younger guys are that are learning, right? Not just we've been only five years old, but we have years and years of experience. What like what makes a good operator? Uh, you you got to be mechanically inclined. Okay, that's, that's a big one. You're gonna um, want to do it. You're gonna want to do it, obviously. Problem so, solver. Yeah. Self-motivated, for yeah, sure. Yeah, self-perform and, and, again, sort of have to be well-rounded individual because they got to deal with people, you know, they got to deal with our customers and all that. You know, the other thing that we've sort of changed in our industry, um, something that we do a little bit different here is, as you know, Scott's our safety and site supervision is, we, we do jobs that, and they can be the smallest jobs sometimes that just require a certain amount of attention. Mm-hmm. You could go into a very de- delicate, you know, site, and so we have Scott, and so we'll send him to a site that two guys are going to. Maybe they're going to be there half a day. But it's a site that requires a certain amount of attention, so Scott will go there and help them. Make sure things are done properly, protect this, protect that, you know. And then we have our larger jobs that Scott will go and manage as well. 
But that's something different that we do in our industry that a lot of companies don't do. I don't know of any other concrete cutting company in, in the city of Toronto there that has quote unquote a site supervisor. Like last week or uh, two weeks ago, yeah, it's probably not the norm, right? No, it's not. Two weeks you would ago. have a, an on if, once you have a job with a certain amount of employees over, they would have a working foreman, um, someone who's essentially in charge. But we have a dedicated site supervisor that goes there and manages that. See, process. there's so much yeah. opportunity. Like even yeah. if someone's listening, you can still relate the business side of high tech. To their business it could be a drywall it could be a, con- a yeah. framing company or what have you and what i like about construction is that there's always opportunity because certain people i'm sure that you've noticed this dan is where you're seeing some missed opportunities like getting scott on the site there because of that you guys probably i mean i'd love for you guys to share how the process is i call you guys up i've got a situation where's the ball start from there and how does it get to the point where so you if you call me and you have a trench to cut um, we might talk price, we might not, you know, um, I would do up a, a, a work order that gets handed into our dispatch, whether it be Travis or other dispatcher, Peter, they would put an order into our system. They put it into our schedule. It gets assigned to truck number five tomorrow. Those two guys go out and do that job, finish the job, complete all the paperwork, comes back to in the dispatch and then goes through whether it be myself or Scott or Josh or even Travis, you know, whoever's job they priced or, or scheduled, they would invoice it and the invoice goes out the door, right? That's the process. And that's the same process, whether it's a one four inch hole that we go and drill as a service contract or, you know, a week long job that we're on. Same process. You just treat it the same way, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, we are a service based business. Yeah. A four inch hole, like I talked about, is a four inch hole. No matter if I do it, another company doesn't matter. It's the service that happens to make that hole happen is what I believe is going to get us that repeat work, which we need to succeed in this business. We are a service cutting service company that cuts concrete. Period. Yeah, and if That's you a, call in that four inch hole and you mention it's in a bad area, well then we'll come out and look at it first. Let you know. Oh, so most of the quotes or most of the work that's coming in, work orders or whatever they're coming in, most of it is taken care of over the phone instead yeah, of a site. I'd say most of it, yeah. Because yeah. they're already describing what's going on, what's yeah, the situation, right? Yeah. yeah. We're asking the questions where is this hole in the building or Yeah, if it yeah. sounds we complicated our, we'll go and take a look we have our key questions we ask yeah but you guys are about efficiency so it makes more sense so if, if the other person on the other line there is describing it correctly you guys already are painting this picture yeah you, you ask the right it. questions and get yeah. the right yeah. info and you know we we don't have the time to look at every single job we do it's impossible no um not to say though we've had customers they just want us to come out and, and look at this absolutely job some customers sure. just that's how they operate you know and that's fine if that's how they operate they just want a coffee yeah, maybe. <laughs> and if that's how they operate, we, we, we fulfill that without issue, right? And sometimes those, those right questions lead you to make, say, you know what? I think I need to look at this. And you go down and you look at whatever it might be. Um, you know, we probably only price ahead of time, ahead of doing work, maybe 20% of the work we do, you know, as far as quoting. Because, again, we are a service-based business. You build relationships with, with clients that, just call you or email you i need this done i need that done and you build trust and you know with your clients and they know what it's worth you know for the word more gets or less out and, and everyone knows that that's, that's, that's who yeah. you call right yeah you guys yeah. ever get i guess the hammer being dropped where it's like i've got a critical cut that needs to happen yeah. every day every day <laughs> oh that's every day every day, every day. i thought it was like a fraction <laughs> of job. everything's an emergency <laughs> job really somebody yeah. forgets something or forgets to make a call and yeah. So you guys are like problem. getting the call and you're getting the work order ready and, and the yeah. the, the crew is, is rolling the next day or something Sometimes like that? Sometimes the, the Sometimes order is not done. See, <laughs> really, yeah. Uh, the crew's on their way. Our yeah. schedule changes constantly. Yeah. Wow. Right? 
because again, we're, we're service based. So we have to provide a service. If a customer calls and needs something tomorrow and it's critical, it has to happen. And if we can't do that, then our service is lacking. Yeah, one thing it, that we as I talked about earlier, they, they have a project they got to finish. If they, if we can't do it, well, they're just spinning the dial to get someone else that can do it. Right. That's all they're going to do. Other than our scan trucks, where our trucks are all fully loaded, but they're going to be fully yeah. loaded with all the saws that we need, except for ins- instead of one truck doing one thing, another truck doing something else, you know, we're going to have all the equipment in one truck. Yeah, every see, truck. and that brings up a good point, because you guys just don't cut concrete. No. You look through concrete. Yeah, that's you right. scan concrete, scanning, right? That's right yeah. is, that, is that new, or is that what was always from the get-go? Uh, it's newer in the industry. It's... Uh, I'm going to say, give or take 20 years now, scanning's been in the industry. Okay. No plus or minus. You get involved with the excavating with our part of the concrete cutting as well, like trenching and stuff, because mm-hmm. we have the electric equipment to move the concrete. We usually pick up a lot of the excavation as well, because we're on site and that kind of thing. The scanning's pretty fascinating, right? Because mm. I guess you, you can never know what's inside that, because it probably wasn't built the way it was supposed to be built if you were to look at drawings right not typically no not electrical typically. drawings if you look you know that it's not always accurate as per what's actually there right you know and now there's more stuff embedded in the slabs and walls than there ever was because as there's more data now and all that that there was you know years ago right years ago it was electrical and all that was it right now there's data different. and all that different right conduit. and it's a different conduit it's all plastic, plastic conduit plastic now. conduit it's like cook spaghetti in places yeah. Just thrown in the slab and then they pour it. Cook spaghetti. It can be it can be marked on a drawing or whatever yeah. as built. But, but you can't. That's but not by the time you can't live by no, that. No, no but by the time not. the guy pours the floor, drags the concrete holes across that column was three four feet off. Sometimes, right? right? It's all moved around and dragged around and walked on yeah. and kicked around. Yeah. So everything gets moved. Yeah. I guess you guys have your opinion about which buildings were built really well. Like our <laughs> our most buildings. I got this <laughs> sense that a lot of buildings in Toronto in the last twenty plus years. They're built quickly, is the word I use. Built quickly, but I think they're in their... Yeah, uh, I still think they're built well, though. They're yeah. built well, yeah. yeah. My honest Efficiency. opinion, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. It's Efficiency is coming. Well, the way they way. do their forms and stuff now, they fly them right out of one floor, fly them up on the yeah. next yeah. floor. They're moving like it's they're boogieing, man. They just become more efficient when it makes them seem quicker, I think, yeah. but which makes them quicker, yeah, It's repetitive. Repetitive up all But it gets up. you guys the opportunities as well because you'll get those phone calls where it's like, uh, can you guys get in before my boss comes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I missed the hole or I missed the sleeve. Yeah. And, you know, we I'm get sure that happens that a few yeah. times, right? Yeah. And again, changes. You know, it's, uh, if, of course. if they pour a floor and then, you know, the, the client decides to change what they want layout on that floor, well, here we are, right? I've had a, a, a good one where uh, I went in to drill a hole for a plumber because we can't find the sleeve. Tried everything. I set up my drill. Go to drill a pilot hole to see where it's coming in below, <laughs> and it was right in the right in where he had to put a sleeve. Right <laughs> it was there, just, just the top was just covered by like a half an inch of concrete. <laughs> Here you go, you're done. Your hole. Well, was that ten feet from gold or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Well, at least you so, solved the problem. Yeah, yeah. you know, doesn't matter if it was a big problem or a small problem, yeah. it got solved. Yeah, I told you we we're problem solvers. Do you guys think that this industry is going to dramatically change in the next five years? I don't. No, it's going to stay pretty steady. Yeah. We won't see a massive change, I guess. I mean, no, the only thing that's changed in our industry, and in again, the 40 plus years I've been in it, is, is really just the equipment has changed, you know, it's improved. And the toys, it's gotten a yeah. lot easier, I think. You know, what's, what's changed, you know, and it's an industry wide thing and maybe a worldly wide thing is, is we've become a, an instant world where people call and email, they want an answer now. That's construction. In yeah, general. that's what I mean. That's in general, right? But, yeah. you know, um, so that's made us 
as we talked about our schedule, that's made us where our schedule changes constantly because of that, right? You know, I can remember being in this industry where we didn't have cell phones and we had two-way radios in our trucks. Oh, and, uh, Mike? And, <coughs> right? Well, even before that, that's where I started, you know? And, uh, I'm the Mike generation. So, so if you were on the site and not in your truck, they couldn't get a hold of you. You know, so you'd be doing a job where now guys carry these phones in their pockets. They're on a job and something changes and we're calling them and move this and where are you doing? How long before you're done? You know, all these kind of questions. Can you get to this other site? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. also being able to take a picture and say, hey, I ran up into this. Send you an instant yeah, picture. FaceTime. You can look at it. They can FaceTime yeah, in FaceTime and you can solve great. that problem for them right then and there. So. How do I fix this? FaceTime me. Open up this. Do that. You can see it all right Yeah, there. COVID yeah. made us uh, start FaceTiming. Like even yeah. sites, you know, customers will FaceTime me now to... Show me something on a site as we talked about doing a site visit. Well, now it's just a lot of it's done by FaceTime. Well, you can. It's convenient. Sure. Just turn the camera around and show you the problem. You yeah. guys know exactly what's Absolutely. what's going on there, right? Yeah. It's just about efficiency, right? Works. Are you yeah. looking to expand into other, you know, aspects? Um, is it worth it for you? Yeah. I mean, if it's worth it, I'll look at anything. Well, because the thing you is you, you're already providing such a great <coughs> service and you started with cutting and scanning yeah. and excavation and other things, right? One area that intrigues me that, uh, you know, has been in the back of my mind is is grinding, as we talked about a little yeah. bit earlier, right? So that's one thing I'll be checking out this week at the expo. Um, I did look at it a little bit at the World of Concrete in Vegas. So it's something that's on my mind. But I'm not really willing to take on too much until we've... Uh, finished our growth in a concrete cutting portion first right like sort of i have a goal of where i want this company to get to and i want to wait to get there before i look at other avenues right our goal is to get to uh is to get to 20 trucks and we're knocking on that door you're not too far right we're not too far from yeah. there so i suspect another couple of maybe three years we'll be there but do you have that mindset where it's like oh we get to 20 let's get to 25 Maybe, you know, really it'll, it'll be the need, you know, if, if yeah. there's a need, it'll, it'll, the growth will keep going. Right? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to say that we're, we're going to stop there. That's the goal I want to get to. And if we get there and there's still a need for more, then we're just going to keep going. How important are the relationships to you guys in construction? Because I want the younger generation to realize that that's a valuable asset. Very important. Very important. Like you yeah. might be planting a relationship just right now for no purpose. You don't really need anything from this person, but they may work with you or offer work for you later on down the line. I would honestly say that high tech wouldn't be where we are today without relationships. The relationships, eh? Yeah. 100%. I totally agree. That's what yeah, it is. I, I just want the yeah. younger ones to, to realize how valuable it's they the are. most important thing we have in our industry, in my opinion. I think in any industry, really. It's been 25 years building those relationships and brought them. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's helped tremendous, right? And like you said, you might, you might deal with everything. a customer today, do something. You might not hear from that guy for another six months, a year. Yeah. But if, if you, if you call you back, rememberable, if you, if you make yourself, you know, I guess if you validate your, um, quality of what you do to him and provide that service, he's going to remember you. Well, it's a service. I, I always said that any good company is going to be around. They're going to stick around yeah. for a reason. So if they're sticking around and you come up with a situation, why don't I give high tech a call? Like, I mean, just like, I think that they'll, they can take care of this, right? At yeah. least it's worth a conversation. And then you never know what, and then you'll reconnect and go, Hey, what else you guys are doing? What else you get? And I bet you any money, it fits its wheelhouse. And that job will go a lot smoother for that person looking for somebody, right? Yeah. That's well, the absolutely. relationship part of things, right? Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, right? It's, a, it's all about, again, not saying no. You know, if someone calls, wants something done, you just do it. You just take care of it. Um, and as a salesperson or a project manager in the, in the, in the behind the scenes, you might have to 
jump through hoops and change a bunch of stuff to make that happen. But you don't share that with your customer. He doesn't need to know that. You just, I'll get it. I'll take care of it. That's it. That's the service. That's the majority of our business is through word of mouth. So you do a good good job. Like you were explaining for your good customer. Well, that's going to just put on the line, right? So you can get some new customers in. Are you guys doing any drilling on the gardener? No. No. Because they're just knocking that thing down. Yeah, they're just that's just a demo thing, right? <laughs> we did some work on the gardener a few years ago yeah, when did. they changed that one ramp. Yeah. Which ramp was, uh, uh, was it New York? I think that was York. the I think it was Oh, when they did York the whole York thing and they had that shut down for years. No, and not years. there. It was when they were doing the it was the westbound gardener getting off at Young Street, I think it one was. One of those, yeah. yeah. Actually you're right, it was off We did some work there. Um Yeah, they got rid of the Hot Wheel ramp. Yeah, it was gone. That was the best ramp on the. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Like you could hear the wheels squeal. It was actually really good. Yeah, and they made a mess of it because now everybody has to get off at the one ramp and go to sit down. Their purpose is to make a mess of it anyway. Yeah, that's what I believe. How far are you guys working? Like I know you guys mentioned all of Ontario, everywhere, all the way to the very top, wherever they need us. Twenty-four hours. Yep. Wow. We did the job. Where was the job? At Thunder Bay, we did the job last year. Thunder Bay, the Sioux. Yeah one up there yeah across ontario how's that work order when the guy gets into the truck and he goes where am i going <laughs> yeah yeah we sort of give him a warning on those yeah. ones yeah <laughs> but you know we're, we're, for the most part gta you know golden horseshoe yeah. is last really, week we were you know, we were in kingston for a week and nights yeah just last week stuff yeah. coming up london london yeah london, bunch of stuff london often london, you know yeah. like yeah not too often you see your safety guy working nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out of town. <laughs> we got to go where the call is coming from, right? That's it. That's, That's exactly as it. That. You know, we do some night work. Truth be told, you know, do we wish we never had to work at night? Absolutely. But it's it's not our call. It's it's our clients that require certain things. We work in spaces that, re- you know, have time restrictions and all that. As you, Scott said, Kingston, we were in, in Kingston huh. working in a Costco store. We have to work in a store when it's closed. Do a lot of mall work. Shopping malls. You yeah. ever do any like shopping while you're going to the Costco and just walk? No, no. Looking for a Kirkland cutting concrete Shh. cutting no. tool? <laughs> no. no, no Kirkland con- cutting tool. Kirkland, yet, makes, anyway. Kirkland makes every product. They don't right. make cu- concrete cutters, huh? Eh? No, no, no they don't. Golf balls aren't bad. Yeah. They're not bad, really. <laughs> they yeah. actually make golf balls. Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Golf clubs. I joke about the whole okay. Kirkland yeah. thing. Wow. Wow. Probably the same packaging plan as a chicken, right? <laughs> no i'm impressed uh, sorry we did some work last year at the costco uh distribution center up in vaughn yeah and you want to talk about a crazy place go there and vaughn in vaughn yeah it's up langstaff and is it a monster location oh yeah Yeah, it's a monster location yeah yeah Yeah, probably some of the tiktok videos are coming out of there of uh interesting people in line yeah i guess right where you drive from one no shoppers the there it's just a distribution yeah you oh it's okay yeah. distributes to the it's stores insane. yeah it's insane yeah. how big are we talking about the store <laughs> football fields size or something if i had to guess it's probably like a million square feet or something yeah. give or take yeah you um, drive from one side <laughs> yeah. To the other. oh yeah you don't think walk outside getting your truck and drive over yeah it's insane yeah. but it's massive it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a busy place where are all the blades coming from i don't think josh got into that too much but i mean um they're european based uh no not really um most most of the blades are offshore now okay the majority um you know there was a time when offshore stuff was was cheaper in value and not now great quality yeah now it's it's flipped the price is still good but the quality is a lot better now than it used to be the offshore stuff there is yeah 
There's some, uh, our main suppliers out of the U.S., Ohio. Um, they manufacture most of their diamond over overseas, but they do some specialty stuff at their, their plant in uh, Ohio. Um, but yeah, most of it's offshore now. There was, there was a local guy here, or sorry, guy, local company here uh, in Brampton, and they, they didn't survive, unfortunately. They tried to keep their manufacturing here, but it's just too hard to compete with stuff offshore, right? And you guys got to kind of go where there's product and what's working yeah. for you guys and your yeah. jobs. And then you're seeing feedback. You're getting yeah. material being used on site. And then you get you, you basically see how long it lasts, right? Yeah. 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 When it comes to diamond, we don't necessarily look for the quote unquote the cheapest price because you're really looking for quality. Yeah. You're looking for um, what the operators like to use. Um, different blades work different in different types of concrete and, you know, different amounts of steel and all that and some operators like a certain blade and some other operators like different blades and so we use a bit of different suppliers that way we probably have four different suppliers we use for diamond but it's also a safety thing too you want the your employees to let the tool do the job yeah 100 sure. it's not like force the tool to do a job yeah, right? right yeah because that starts to bring up it's like having a dull knife it's more dangerous than a sharp knife right so you have proper tools that are cutting properly and you don't have the force or whatever and I guess today, I mean, because everyone always talks a lot about silica dust airborne, right? So it's, but I mean, a lot of the machinery is is connected to accessories where you can vac and yeah. Now we use water mitigate. with everything we do. Water, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then vacuum. Lots of water. After. But there is the byproduct, as Scott said, is vacuum because the byproduct is slurry. Just slurry at that point. Yeah. Lots of slurry, which Lots is heavy yeah. and awkward. Yeah. But so that's we, part of we it. have a policy that uh, again something a little bit in the, different in the industry in the city here is we don't dump slurry anywhere. Um, no drain, no hole in the ground, you know, nowhere. We bring it all back to our facility and, and deal with it. Put it all in the big bin. Can you reuse that, I guess? Well, funny enough, you say that. Yeah. When we were in Vegas <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we are actually looking at a system that would we would dump the slurry into and it would separate it and we would reuse the... the reuse the water? The water. It would be non-potable water, but we could reuse the water for our water tanks and our trucks. That's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because that's important, right? I mean, like... Yeah. Right now, when we send our slurry out, it's it's practically almost dry, but it won't be... It'll be yeah. drier, than, and we'd have less going out, less waste, less water runoff. You know what I mean? Because you got to figure out a cause and effect, right? You're, you're creating all this slurry and also rubble and everything like that. But the aggregates, I guess, is the larger chunk aggregates. They, they can be sent out to get recycled, no? Yeah. So are any concrete that we dispose of... Um, goes into the disposal bins and it's all sent 100% recycling. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of the city nowadays is all using yeah. recyclable. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Our you slurry, have to. Like I said, it's all brought back to our facility. It's dumped into a sealed container. It uh, separates. We pump the clear water off, and once it's dry, it goes to garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Silica um, is much more. Uh, the restrictions on it are much more. Um, stringent in the U.S. than it is here in Canada still. It's a shame. Um, yeah, yeah. Our industry in the U.S. is is very strict on it. Um, not so much here in Canada. Well, I mean, most of the U.S. is all concrete highways, right? Yeah. Like, we've yeah. got one highway that's concrete-based. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's a different mindset, I guess. But um, I don't understand why we don't get further ahead faster. Yeah, I'm not sure. We're, we're, we're looking it's for... It's coming. Stuff for the guys, like masks and stuff we saw some at the show yeah that they don't have to shave now it's a big problem a lot of guys they don't want to shave their beard they like their look 
So well, they're told to shave, but they won't yeah. shave. Like, <laughs> I can't tell you the last time yeah. I shaved, right? So. It's just I don't, I don't, I don't want it. But there right? is a mask. Out there we have found some. Yeah, now they do it, right? Positive but it like, pressure. But it looks like you're on Pandora wearing those masks, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's actually, the ones we saw are pretty nice. Yeah. So. Are they pretty cool? They weren't yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's, some, there's some good options out there. You know, there, obviously, there's a cost involved. The other part of that is is getting the workers to accept it. That's, you know, so we have to... Do you want to live it. longer? Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> but it, it's still a hard sell some days. Really? Yeah. Huh? Well, no, we were all, yeah, that way when we were younger. I can remember when earplugs were a hard sell. So, you know, it, it's, everything will change. Um, and it's it's policy. If you, if you end up making policy and this is what you got to do, you set a standard and we try to make guys, or again, I use guys, but we try to make our employees part of the decision to do that. Right? Don't drive it down their let throat. The, let them figure it out. Right? Let's have a discussion. Let's do it as a group. We're going to decide to do this because of this reason. Instead of, this is what you got to do, wear it. I don't want to hear it. That's that's not, you know, you're not going to get anywhere like that. Yeah. No. no. Slowly right? get them on board. And Slowly get them on board. Changes. And Everything's you know, changing. So. If you tell me not to jump in the pool, what do you think I'm going to do? You're jump in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> right? that's, that's just how trades people are in general, yeah. right? What's, what's the word around street like that when someone talks about high tech, what do they say about high tech that you guys have heard? <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I've, I get some I've pretty. Heard, I've heard good things that yeah. we've been efficient. Most, yeah. I think, the thing that sets us apart from sort of dealing with other companies, I guess, is they've always liked our employees, our field staff. We've always um, been able to pair up the right people. I guess. Um, with customers, you mean? Oh, no, no, with with each other. With sometimes, each other, sometimes with so customers happy as well. At work for the most part, I would say. I mean, you're not, not every day is going to be not going to have good days every day. Necessarily, oh, but it's called life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're all pretty. It's pretty called a human factor. Along with. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, we as Travis was saying, we, we try to pair up the right individuals together because not everybody's going to get along. No, you know, forty employees, we pair up two individuals together in a truck. You're going to come across where certain people just don't mesh. And again, that's human factor. I, I don't really hold anything. That's just how it is. So we move guys around. And once you get the right two guys together and they get along better, they're going to get along with your customer better. Yeah. We do have customers that will call and request certain individuals, you know, because they, they mesh better with that individual maybe. And so, yeah, we try for that a lot. You know, we, we try to have a good image. You know, I'm, I'm, big, I'm a big person as far as big proponent of having our trucks and our equipment clean. That's an important thing for me. Um, there's no reason for them to be dirty it's yeah well it's it's a struggle every day i'm not gonna lie um but we're you know we're dealing with it and we you know our trucks to look at them are clean we we have a company comes in our yard every weekend and cleans all our trucks right it's it's because it's important to me do some of the guys go listen that charge over there (laughs) (laughs) well it's because on the weekend they're over there But, uh, you know, I, I believe if a customer sees your truck drive in and it's a disaster. Oh, 100%. Filthy, he's yeah. Clean to leave my it's site. a reflection yeah. of the company, yeah. right? And right. I guess I was where I was going with that question was, I'm sure that you guys have probably been in situations where maybe people didn't realize that you were a high-tech employer or the owner of the company, and all of a sudden someone says something positive about you guys. And they you know, like it's, it's a nice feeling because you, yeah. you grew that culture. Yeah, and that was important. You guys, are, you guys are doing that on a daily basis with your employee force mm-hmm. and the work and the, and the actual business itself. So it's nice to hear it from complete strangers, not realizing that they're saying something positive about what's being built. All of our guys are try. We try and get them all to dress the same. We they all have the same uniforms supplied. 
coveralls, shirts, yeah. pants, hard hats. It's a team thing. Yeah, yeah. it's it's all the same, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good feeling when you get customers yeah. calling and saying that I really like those guys you sent, and I'm gonna want those guys back in, in the near future. We appreciate what they did, and you pass it along to your employees, and they feel motivated, and hopefully continue doing great work. It doesn't happen every day because, as we know, we we you know. We tend to hear the the negative things more than the positive things. You know, I think that's life. You get older, Dan. We don't hear that much. So we just don't care to hear it. Yeah, same here. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, as Travis said, when you do hear it, um, we make a point of passing that along to the individual who did that job. Because really, at that point, they're really, um, they're boasting that individual at that point, really. They're not really boasting high tech, in my opinion, at that point. Because it's that individual that did good for whatever that job was for whoever that client was. So whenever we get those compliments, it's really important to us that we pass that along, right? And I'm we sort of have a couple of policies in place to reward the, the individuals that way. You know, whenever we get compliments, we give them Tim Hortons gift cards and different things just to make them know that it's it's noticed. You know, what what I'm curious. I know that you guys shared a little bit about what you guys are looking for regarding workforce coming in here, but what career advice would you guys give directly to anybody that wants to get into concrete, specifically concrete cutting? Well, like I said, I started at the bottom, worked my way up. I've been in my third house. I've moved out of the city. I'm up north. I've moved into the office just like I was, like I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I got all the toys. It's, it's you just got to work for it. Well, it's just it's funny how like the numbers are there. Yeah. Like you, you can have a great career, a great living, financially backed, yep. have all attain everything you want to attain, right? But a lot of people are still not getting that message out there. So I'm just I'm curious on different companies and how they share that career advice to these my best career advice would be show up every day. That would be number one, and we tell people that open, yeah. show up, show up every, every day. day and just be open yeah. about it. Show right? up, ask questions, yeah. ask questions. You know, it's funny you say that. You know, you might go into a I don't know maybe a fast food you know establishment and see a young 25 year old person who seems healthy, and you think. Not to knock that job, but there's there's better jobs out there where you can make a better living than working at a fast food establishment, right? And I always often wonder, like, hmm, you know, why are they stuck here? Maybe they're stuck, you know. And I'll approach anybody, young people, and say, "Hey, you looking for a job? This is, here's my card, you know." And, you know this is it, good. There's it's a good career. It really <laughs> is. You know, you can make a, a healthy living. You're going to work for your money, but you can make financially. They can do well. We have many employees in the field that make six figures. Oh, I don't doubt it. Oh, well, many. All, right? The advantage is it's yeah. on-the-job training, right? You're making money while being trained. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're not having to take two years off to go to school and spend money. Day one, you're making money. And it's simple to do it. All you have to do is show up and do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Really that that easy. Yeah, they got to be hands-on. Be yeah. You'll be able to advance and make more and do more. I guess the transition is like, it's good to hear from the younger generation where it's like, show up and do what you're supposed to do. But at what point do they finally realize, show up and do what you want to do? That too. And that's when they start yeah. realizing that it's not a job anymore. It's a career, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think it's a hard. <laughs> and I think years ago, yeah. you, you might've got that out of the 20 ish year olds. Now I, I'm seeing that more of the 30-ish year olds yeah. because they're realizing it. Yeah, that's why I think they've tested the waters. They've gone to other companies yeah. or tried other trades or what have you. But I think that I think a lot of the younger generation is looking for the culture. They're looking for a home to be in. I totally believe that. Right, a business home to be in. So then they want to be around like-minded individuals. Nobody wants to be around 
the stigma of yelling at each other and oh, razzing no. each other. That's like those days are done. I don't care. And if you find that mm-hmm. company, then maybe that's not where you should be. Well, with the the safety side, it's I find once I get respect from guys, I start yeah. to gain their respect. I don't get it automatically. Yeah. Um, you get the stigma where they think I'm coming to get them in trouble, which I do not ever do that. I come to the site most times. I'll tell them I'm coming. You know, I'm not here to get you in trouble. I'm here to keep you from getting tr- in trouble or getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So I come up and I go, you know, you might be better off with some safety glasses on. We work together a little bit on it. And once I build a respect, it's you find that they excel a bit more and quicker and reach out to me as a lot more for calls and trouble, you know, solving problems and stuff. And as you said, you know, the, the yelling and all that, it just doesn't work no. anymore. No. You know, I, I come up in this industry when that's It didn't work happened. with us. Well, it... it it, it, it happened. Didn't. We accepted but, it, but it didn't. Whether I liked it or not. Yeah. You know, but, it, you know, I, I came up in, as a younger person in this industry where everybody did yell and scream. Yeah. Um, that was the norm. We, we don't operate like that. I'm not going to say every day is, uh, you know, is a, a bed of roses because it's not. Again, that's life. But that's the culture we try not to. We don't yell and scream at people. And it's just not what we do. There's no need for it. It really it's is not productive anyway. It's not. That's, I was just going to say, it doesn't It doesn't make any sense for the... And people the don't respond picture. to it anymore. No, they don't, no. right? No. It's just, yeah. you know, push back. Yeah. You know. Are there any thoughts on from you guys about what the government could possibly do to attract more people into the industry? No, I don't have much of a thought on that, to be honest with you. It's, a, it's always very challenging. My thought is uh, leave the government out of it, and we'll yeah, figure yeah, it out ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. I think we'll be a lot more efficient yeah. if you want to talk about that, right? Legal trade, and then back off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much on that's that. It. That's it. Yeah, that's that all help. we really need, so then people can get that training and get it all going. Yeah. But you guys are already offering all the training. You're offering And everything. our union offers a lot of training as well. Yeah. Right? So anybody can go down and join our local union. They pay their fee of 600 and odd dollars, I believe it is. Which, uh, which local is it? 506. Okay. Part of Layuna. And they offer eight weeks of training for anybody who joins. And it's a craft workers training. And, and they touch on a lot of different things. And what they've started doing, they've had one session already, is they pick, they hand, there's 18 people that go through this course. They hand pick, you know, plus or minus six people that they feel would be geared more towards concrete cutting. And they give them an additional two weeks on just concrete cutting. And again, they just touch on it, a little bit of everything we do, right? But it's, it, gives them an understanding of what we're doing so that when we do hire them, at least they're coming to us day one with some knowledge of what we do. You know, they know what a core drill is and they know what a slab saw is or a wall saw or whatever it might be, right? So our union is working with us as well. And, you know. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's good to hear, you know, and, and it's, and I'm, I'm a huge um, uh, supporter of it. I, I think it's a great thing. Um, they're aiming to do it twice a year at this point. Fortunately, they just don't have the people to go through it to be able to do it more than that, right, at this point. But maybe that'll change. There's just no, I, well, I guess it goes back to the question of the workforce. We don't, yeah. we don't have that yeah. many people coming in, right? Exactly. We're yeah. looking for guys. They're looking for guys. Yeah. Everybody is, right? Yeah. 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 People. But you guys are labeled, I guess, one of the harder traits, right? <coughs> yeah, it can be very, you know. Physically, just physically mentally. Demanding. It can be, yeah. yeah. And it can be dirty and, and all that, and you know, and. That's what showers are made for, yeah. right? Like in yeah. laundry, that's what's yeah. like stuff like that. On the other side, you can see anything. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to see from day to day. Like, see, that's what I love about you guys. Like you, everywhere. you guys get invited into places that most people will never yeah. get invited oh, yeah. into, oh, yeah. right? So you can get a glimpse of what's going on there. Yeah. You do different things every day. Yeah, and we tell people that if you're someone who likes to do different stuff, you're in yeah. the right place. See different yeah, places yeah. and. We don't do a lot of traveling like we used to way back. No, but not like we used to, but still. Not going to a warehouse Monday to Friday every day. Yeah. Warehouse. Yeah. 
there's nothing repetitive with <coughs> what we do. You know, for us to do a, a month-long job, that's a big job for us, right, in our industry. Um, that's a lot of holes. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of concrete. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot of concrete, concrete. right? And we do them, but but it's not an everyday occurrence. Want some um, more water? Or? Sure. Uh, I got to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, I just figured I'm envious because all of a sudden you guys get parked and you guys can stay in certain, especially when you go into the core, right? Down yeah. Down core. Because we need our trucks. That's yeah. So the truck has down. to be there, whether it's yep. brought into the that's loading bay area, that's yeah. the office, yeah. right? That's so right. it's a like a rolling shop. And then you guys are brought in, you know, no, no differently than an, an essential worker of some sort. And they're coming in and you guys figure this out, please. Yep. In fact, we were essential workers. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I know. During but COVID, we were, yeah. All that stuff, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Right. I always argue the point about the court or the core, this downtown core is like parking and stuff like that and getting to it. You guys need to get in there to do this work. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, Alex Scott said. It's it's hard. We deal with it the same as everybody deals with it. But just a, you know, contractor may call us to go to a certain site, and part of our stipulations is we need access for our truck. That's that's just how it is. So know? there needs to be a place for the vehicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there's times when it's not possible, and then they'll get us power on site or whatever it might be. But the majority of the time, our trucks are within reach. Yeah, we show up. We got water, power. It's self. You go to town. Yeah, yeah we come completely self-sustained. Right? They need the work done. There's always a solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, because every day that that hole's not cut, there's holds problems. Everybody up. Yeah. 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 There's lots of a problems. Solution to everything. Plumber, electrician, yeah. drywall, everybody's aligned. And we work for all trades. We work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Plumbers, electricians, GCs, subcontractors, owners. We work for them all. You know, something that I've learned over all the years is when you work with all the trades, you learn how to do all the trades jobs. So well, you pick up little tips. Yeah, that's, at that's home, a nice I, thing I don't hire it. barely anybody to do everything, yeah. anything for can me. You can you just show me that again? <laughs> you ask questions, right? Yeah. Working with the plumber, you ask questions. And that's why know. we all like being on site and, yeah. and sharing other trades, you know, opportunities. Yeah. So then you can learn and pick and I'm taking that home. Yeah. You know, as simple as Always. that, right? It's mm -hmm. good. One thing we don't do a lot of is residential work. I don't think you need to. Yeah. I, I mean, like the typical go-to would be when you're rebuilding, I guess, the basement and you're running new lines and you got to cut that, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's where the plumbers will actually take it on upon themselves to do yeah. that, which is times, totally yeah. fine. You're cutting, if you're lucky, four inches of concrete, Yeah. right? Uh, sometimes it's like two inches of concrete and then you're removing the gravel and then you just yeah. dig a little bit and then run There's the new lines. doorways for like, you know, separate entrances, lock and, and whatever. But it's not, I mean, a lot of the people can take care of that themselves, yeah. right? There's contractors that you know, that's specialize just in that. Right? Yeah, but they'll they install do. your door. That's what they do and some of those yeah, guys and stuff do a lot of that. It's not about speed; it's about efficiency. Yeah, it's about prep. You guys get everything ready. Yeah, everyone knows what's going on. Everyone knows what's on. Has to happen. That's the simple. Try and leave the site looking, clean, looking like it did when we came. There's a hole. There's some kind of a. You guys always leave with a hole. Something's missing. Kind of yeah. remind me of the Looney Tunes guys, and you're just throwing those black holes on the wall, right? Yeah, there you go. I could be our new mascot. Yeah, <laughs> that's the future. That's what's gonna happen. You're just gonna like, you're just gonna, I don't know, put a hole there, just automatically. No, Concrete's that goes just back to get, what we said earlier. It's a service. You say when we yeah. leave, there's a hole. Whether we leave or whoever, it's, it's a service that, yeah. that we really rely on. Just try and keep them happy, and have them call you back again. Yeah. Do you guys on. know of offhand? Because I'm sure that you guys probably research concrete. I mean, like, what is the thickest concrete? The I don't thickest know. Concrete? Like, I don't know who's built what. 
Like, I don't know how thick the Burge Khalifa's concrete. We did a job at Stoko in Hamilton years ago, and the slab there was, like, 10 feet thick. 10 feet thick? Yeah, over a tunnel, yeah. The Hoover Dam is... Oh, yeah, who knows, but... 40 feet or something. So why, what, because it was over a tunnel, they needed 10 feet of... Yeah, so the slab was 10 feet thick. The walls were 10 feet around this service tunnel because there was big presses in there, you know, and it's all steel. They're making steel and heavy weight and, you know, nuke plants. The walls are four or six feet thick. Yeah. Around the reactors. There's some heavy concrete. Lots of places have heavy Usually when it's heavy concrete, it's heavier, bigger steel as well. The old Don Jail, there's parts in there that were five, six feet thick. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> places I've been. <laughs> no, like, that's what I mean, is that you guys get an opportunity to get to certain places, and then you got to just check it out, and then you start discovering certain things, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know before we got started off, Mike, we were talking about like, just banking and, and vaults and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, they're built a certain yeah. way, right? But yeah. what do they do? Like a bank vault. They're 18 inches thick. Do they just get the drawings and kind of quickly just show them to you or something like that? So you guys don't really retain the view or something? No, no, no just, we need to just, look at it. I they just it. go put a hole right here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, just put an X on so the wall. So they just walk you in and just put an X right guard, there. And that's guard where standing beside you. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know what's in the wall. We don't know what's okay. beside this or what's in all those safety boxes there. Like, yeah. we don't know any of that information. We need to know yeah. that stuff. But yeah. that's they just know where they can drill through a vault where they have access on the inside. That's, yeah. So they're not going to drill behind, say, the safe deposit box. So it's designed that way just yeah. in case, right? Not sure design, but, you know, yeah, they know the layout so that they yeah. can you know, drill in certain spots. I'm like, I'm so used to, like, just foundations being 10 inches thick, and I'm thinking, that's thick. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> that's barely a foot. Yeah. That's nothing to you guys. Yeah, that's like a so toothpick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a 12-inch wall is, is pretty standard, really. Yeah. I figure a slab, like in here, the slab would be five or six inches thick in a, this type of building. Yeah. But any kind of warehouse that would have any kind of equipment, you know, they'd be eight to ten and sometimes more. Concrete itself, is it getting harder? Is it getting easier? Or is it, I guess compression strength? Uh, something older is usually harder because it has bigger aggregate in it, the really old stuff, right? Mm. Yeah, it depends even and virgin aggregate too, right? It would have been cleaner yeah. aggregate. Mm. And the right? steel was different, the older steel. yeah. yeah. It would have been a thicker rebar it's piece thicker of square stuff, you know, square stuff, you know, old buildings. Is it harder to drill through the, the the whole carbon fiber rebar, or is it easier to drill through? I those? don't even know that's there really. The carbon, yeah, fiber. you don't even really feel even fiberglass rebar is pretty yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Right? or no, it wasn't. Yeah, I, no, they make carbon. Yeah, fiberglass yeah. ones, right? Yeah. So yeah. is it, it? It's easier to cut through that yeah. instead of regular yeah. steel yeah. ones. We yeah. don't see a lot of that though. We don't see a lot of it. Yet. No. What about the fiber and infu- remember back in the eighties or nineties? Yeah, they still do fiber. fiber yeah. 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 The fiber yeah, floor is a little harder to cut. I think, I think it's an higher MPA as well. Yeah, you can't scan it. You can't. you can't scan on the steel fiber slabs. Right? Really? Yeah, because yeah, it won't. It doesn't it, get through the mesh to, to give a, an image. Oh. Yeah, the way the radar works is it sends a signal in. Basically, you have a cart, which is like a little antenna. toy car. Oh, yeah, the center of that. Hey, I've seen it. Center of that cart is an antenna. It sends a signal in. The machine knows how fast that is traveling. So what it does, it can't pass through any steel. That signal goes in, bounces back up. But the, the fiber, it can't read yeah, it. So it, it has can't a fiber. It works, it works on the same principle as a fish finder in your boat. Or Just police radar gun, yeah, same thing. Same no, I'm not a big fisherman, but isn't that kind of cheating when I did it the first time? <laughs> I was like, you guys have a fish finder? And I was like, you know where all the fish are now. That's <laughs> you cheating, still got to right? find them. I've been out west, man, and he's like showing me. I was going, I see them all. I literally see them all right here. This is not fishing, man. You just put it in, and seconds I got one. I was fishing like, in a bucket. Yeah, that was a little bit of cheating for me. But it was still a good experience. But yeah. so That makes a lot of sense. Right. 
So I'm just wondering if they're doing certain things now because I'm sure that engineers are coming up with new ideas to kind of manipulate concrete, right? That you guys are going to have tomorrow's challenges might yeah. happen. Yes and no. I, I don't, concrete, you know, hasn't really changed a lot, you know, like really. Well, you say the steel fiber, which they still do a lot of, but it's not overly popular, the steel fiber. It's in huge uh, warehouses. Mostly. Yeah, huge warehouses. Yeah. The poly fiber, same thing. It's not Home real. Depot was huge on it when yeah. they were putting all those in. Right. I think the more thing now is on the finishing side where the tolerances are a lot tighter than, you know, for certain warehouses and the super flat floors and all that kind of stuff. I think we might see a difference in uh, reinforcing. Maybe. maybe. With yeah. more of a mesh style reinforcing yeah. as opposed yeah that's to what i'm thinking is if they, someone might come style. with a new idea right maybe yeah. maybe in europe i mean there's a lot of concrete like we were saying earlier there's mm -hmm. a lot of concrete in europe so they might be trying new ideas and see if it works or whatever you right so yeah, yeah i mean fiberglass rebar is, is the, you know, probably the newest thing in rebar you know in the last few years been out for a while now um it's lighter as well yeah be a lot lighter yeah. a lot of the tunnel guys use it and stuff Concrete are uh, a bunch of interesting characters. Eh? Like you guys oh, have yeah. such a love and affinity for concrete, just like <laughs> the passion. I like. Trust me, I love concrete. Yeah. Like good concrete. Is, I, I hate seeing bad concrete. <laughs> I, I, it's almost like a dog's breakfast. I just oh, yeah. don't like. Where did that yeah. went wrong? I have no idea what went wrong there. It's funny. I have a lot of concrete around my residence, and uh, it seems like every time I pour concrete at home, it rains. So I don't have the best concrete around my house. <laughs> <laughs> You don't, not have you don't have tarps? Not have good, not have good no luck. No tarps? Yeah. Oh. So. so whenever you pour, you, everyone knows it's going to rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even if it's Oh, it's sun, incredible. Nothing yeah, but sun. When yeah. you, you pour, pour, it pours. Yeah. yeah. We did half the pour around our pool there a couple of years ago and like poured. Then get into the grinding game, and now yeah. you can just grind it all down. <laughs> Make it a whole aggregate-looking thing, right? Take care of that problem. Yeah. yeah. Bring it on, Mother Nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I'll take care Fix of it. it. Right up. Yeah. Um, I think that's all of it. I don't know if there's anything else that you guys didn't share that I would, I'm curious about, but we covered quite a bit. I'm very respectful of you, what you've built so Thank far you. and the company culture and how it's growing. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. Appreciate that. No, awesome. it's going to be really, really good. Awesome. I just got to do uh, the 12 questions. I want to do it for all you guys, which is right. great, because I'd love to get your opinion on some of these questions here. But uh, again, www.hightechcutting.ca, info at hightechcutting.ca, and the phone number is 905-838-2020, and on Instagram, it's hightechconcretecutting. Uh, ready for this? We'll go one. starting with Scott over right. there. Sure. What's your favorite construction word? gotta be fuck <laughs> <laughs> you're not the first you're not the first one to say that but that, get, that gets to you know another question yeah. along the lines but yeah Jeez, I don't know if I got one if one of you guys don't say concrete I don't, I'll be a little surprised <laughs> I'll go with concrete <laughs> <laughs> cutting or Same cutting question yeah. what is your favorite construction word construction word mm, extra <laughs> I, I said favorite oh did he yeah. oh What's paycheck's pretty good Paycheck? Yeah. Pay payday. Yeah. Oh, payday? Yeah. Uh, least favorite tool? Chipping gun. Yeah, quick cut. A quick cut? Yeah, like oh. a handheld oh. gas quick cut, you know? The handheld chainsaw for concrete yeah. cutting. That's a chipping gun. Wait a minute, I've seen one of those. Are they any good? Oh, yeah, yeah they're they're have their purpose. Yeah, they have yeah. their purpose, yeah. 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 We, uh, yeah. They're a dangerous tool. They look like a dangerous tool. Yeah, but we're working on different ways to protect the guys with that stuff. And, that. and if you go on our site, our Instagram site, you'll see us testing out hard hats and bite face visors for them. Just Good. Yeah. 
good. What was yours, Trevor? I'd say chipping gun. Chip, oh, chipping gun yeah. too, huh? Yeah. I love so for the chipping gun. Eh? <laughs> Someone needs to design a silencer for those things, eh? That'll never happen. No. I doubt it. They what construction sound do you love? Oh. Chipping Core drill. Gun. Sorry? <laughs> Core drill. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a yeah. spinning blade for me. Yeah. The wi- <laughs> <laughs> I work in the office. <laughs> the wire saw is, is pretty good. It's not the. It's a, one of the quieter tools. What, doesn't it sound like? Um, it's more of a. It's a high pitch. Yeah. 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 The sound of a new blade, though, when you stick it in the concrete, actually sounds pretty yeah. good too. It yeah. has a special, special whistle to it. Yeah. What's your favorite beverage? Hmm. Anything? Beer. Beer? Any particular? Coors Light. Bud Light. <laughs> so what, like a Corona? I like Corona, yeah. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Michelob. What's the worst and best part of construction? The mess. That's the worst? What's the best? See something different every day. The worst part? Hmm. Oh, sure, I got to think about that. Best parts of people, in my opinion. They're grounded. Yeah. Salt the worst part thing. would be um, what we t- touched on earlier would be uh, cash flow and construction. Mm. That'd be the worst part. I'd say when it comes to service, probably night work. Worst. Yeah. And the best, I'd say, yeah, the people, for sure. Uh, worst part, probably getting up early in the morning. You're in uh, construction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still get I st- I'm always on time, but yeah. I don't like to get up. But he moved to Wasaga Beach, so he's yeah. got to get up Yeah, now I get up earlier. Uh, or you're one of those that didn't realize there was two sixes in a day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Best part, uh, meeting all the new people and uh, getting gratification for what we've done. Yeah. Favorite curse word? <laughs> <We're> Shit. <back>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd, be the, it'd be the F-bomb. The F-bomb. F-bomb for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Three Fs and one shit. Yeah, I can use it again. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Any mode of transportation? Probably monster truck. No. Uh, Baja truck. Oh, man, I love Baja trucks. Yeah. Why can't we make Baja trucks for truck. street trucks? I would love for them to be street trucks. Yep. So would I. <laughs> I think they would look sick on the road, on a regular urban road. Yes. I would love that. Seriously. You drive over people. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, yours, Dan? Uh, snowmobile. I'd say fighter jet. Ooh. Are you pilot? Yeah, sure. Are you a pilot? I'll be a pilot. You're going to be a pilot. Okay. Uh... Fishing. I don't mind getting up early. There for we that go. One. Fish finder. <laughs> uh, what do you guys miss from your childhood? Less responsibility. A lot less. Yeah. Grandparents. Mm. You used to always squeeze my knee really hard. I never understood <laughs> how an old man right? had so much strength. Right? Eh? I'm, a gra- I'm a grandfather now, so it uh, yeah sort of has a soft. Do you do it? Do you do it for your grandfather? No, no, I don't do that. I just never understood how he has such strength yeah, for such yeah. an old man. I know. <laughs> I'd say the big dreams, like being a fighter jet, fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> big dreams. Yeah, dream big. You can still dream. Now I'm back to reality. Oh. Yeah. It'll work. Uh, it's, the question was what again? So what do you miss from your childhood? Uh, honestly, it's being moved away from home. Because I grew up and I was still a kid, but I moved away from home and moved to Ontario. So. 
What profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt one day? I'd be an artist, professional artist. You are an artist. Yeah, concrete artist. No, no, he's no. an actual artist. Oh, you're an artist? Yeah. Yeah. Painter? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Really? You sell? Yeah. You have a website or? T- no. Just Instagram. Instagram. Really? Yeah, the lumberjack artist. Seriously? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start following you, man. <coughs> yeah, you can look. The lumberjack artist? Yep. What's yours, Dan? Uh, paramedic. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a hard one. Yeah. Here you are. Look at that, eh? That's awesome. Thanks. Let me know. Travis? In all seriousness, I'll probably want to be an athlete tomorrow. What particular? Uh, golf, hockey, baseball. I would have said soccer. Oh, so you want to be Bo I'm Jackson? Not, no, no, I wouldn't. Bo Jackson, eh? <laughs> Fine, I'll just go back to fighter. To <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when I get uh, retired from this, ways down the road a ways, but uh, maybe uh, open up a charter business, fishing charter. That sounds like very, very nice. Yep. <laughs> He's a newfie with a boat. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what He's got a beautiful boat, though, by the way. Wood? No, fiberglass. Oh, yeah. I've had an offshore boat. I have, like, I, I can't stop looking at wood boats recently. Oh, they're nice. They're nice. Yeah. Insane. Like, I grew up, my, my, my dad's boat was an old punt, and you had to roar in the spell and oar. I miss that stuff. Yeah. What profession would you guys not like to do? Doctor. Doctor? (laughs) Mm, Podcast host. (laughs) (laughs) This is easy. This is easy. No, probably a police officer. That's probably something I wouldn't want to do. For me, a a vet. A vet? Yeah. As much as I love animals, I just couldn't see them in the dress. I'm the same way, man. I'm on the fence about a dentist and a podiatrist. <laughs> Teeth or feet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like my own. Last question. <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you guys like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? You made it. Go back. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I don't know with that one. He's not going to say anything? No, I don't think so. I got that. Just going to wave you in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Shake his head. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolute pleasure. Sharing so much knowledge and uh, much. looking forward to seeing you guys at the show. Are you all going next week? Or, yeah. Or this yeah. weekend? Sorry? Yeah, you're all going to we'll go visit? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we'll be there for, uh, for the three days. And is it Josh coming back on the mic with us? Josh and I. And you? Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a blast. Then. Yeah. Josh and I. And then Josh is speaking as well. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. On the... Th- Thursday, I believe, at 10 a.m., I think it is. Wednesday. 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 Oh, sorry. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. And then you guys will walk the floor as well? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And check it out. Yeah, yeah probably stop by the uh, the HTG guys. Just I will, actually, yeah. yeah. I, I plan to, actually, yeah. yeah. Well, they're going to be on the show as well, too. So they're oh, gonna, are they? Yeah, okay, they're going to nice. do their show with as well. Yeah. It was fun to have them on. So. Yeah, it was funny. Like I said, I was I kind of spin the back of my mind to look at that, and then I watched that YouTube last night, and I said, oh, Got to make a point to stop and see them. Stop by and check them out. They got yeah. a big booth this year. So nice. thank you. Appreciate thank it, you. guys. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Having you guys here. I just want to share these one more time. Triple W, hightechcutting.ca. Info at hightechcutting.ca. 905-838-2020. And on Instagram, hightechconcretecutting. That's it. We're all done. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Angelina, right here.